I'm Jamie Floyd, host of All Things Considered at WNYC. You're listening to Politics Brief, a collection of our very best coverage of the 2018 midterm elections. We'll share the sharpest and most timely talk, analysis, and original reporting from shows like The Takeaway, The Brian Lehrer Show, On the Media, and Radio Lab Presents More Perfect. And from the WNYC Newsroom, which is watching key races in New York and New Jersey. Enjoy. I'm Amy Walter. This is The Takeaway. Supreme Court justices are intended to be impartial, presiding over a judicial body that's above the partisan fray. And though that image has been eroded over the years, justices have worked hard to keep appearances in order to maintain the integrity of the highest court in the land. So did that effort get erased entirely on Thursday? Professor Barbara Perry is the Presidential Studies Director at University of Virginia's Miller Center. Professor Perry, thanks for coming on the show. It's my pleasure. Professor Perry, from your vantage point, watching the hearings the other day, it has is, is this something that's unique? Have we ever seen something like the uh, the hearings that we had on Thursday? No, as is so much uh, the case in the Trump era, it is unprecedented. If you mix together where we are now in the Trump era with social media and 24-7 coverage and certainly television on the scene and the mixture of tribal politics and sexual situations, and it, it's just explosive. It, it's just that so-called perfect storm. I want to play specifically uh, something that Senator Lindsey Graham, Republican from South Carolina, said about the process itself. I hope the American people can see through this sham. God, I hate to say it because these have been my friends. But let me tell you, when it comes to this, you're looking for a fair process. You came to the wrong town at the wrong time, my friend. Is it, have we reached a new tipping point in the polarization of the Senate? And if so, can we ever go back? I think the answer to the first is yes, we've reached a new tipping point. And the answer to the second question is, I don't see us going back from this. We've crossed the Rubicon, I think, sad to say. I, particularly because it was Lindsey Graham, I thought of his, his good, dear and late friend, John McCain. Because as we know, John McCain could be irascible and, and could get angry, but he did try to do that crossing of the aisle. And the kinds of language that Senator Graham was using yesterday, I just, how can you go back from that? There are relationships that that can never be repaired. It's like a terrible divorce among these uh, senators and certainly between the two parties. So is that where we're headed to in terms of this process? Do you think we're going to a point where every nomination is going to feel like a war? There is one bit of good news, I think, on that, as I made reference to swing seats. And I used to refer to this as the swing seat politics. And that swing seat politics has always been more vehement. Uh, if you think back to the Robert Bork hearings and the fact that he went down to defeat in a newly Democratic, at that time, new majority of the Democrats in 1987. And they took that opportunity to put him down to defeat because he was so conservative, had such a long track record, did not present himself well in front of the committee. Uh, and so down to defeat he went. He was not confirmed. That was for the swing seat that had been held by Justice Lewis Powell, who had retired. Also think back to when Justice O'Connor left. Alito made it through, but 
Ted Kennedy tried to mount a filibuster. It wasn't successful, but that was another turning point. And now for the swing seat of Justice Kennedy, it was predictable. Maybe not the level of vehemence, maybe not the exact circumstances of this sexual assault charge against the nominee. But I, I think the good news, if there is a little bright ray of hope shining through this darkness, it is that perhaps when it is not a swing seat at issue, the politics will not be as strained and difficult and nasty. Mm, that's nice of you to believe that. We all, I guess we all need to believe that. Well, let's... let's I let's, Santa Claus for a really long time. <laughs> let's uh, rewind for a minute and take sort of a 30,000-foot look on public perceptions of the Supreme Court. What do Americans think of when they think of the Supreme Court, especially how they think of it vis-a-vis the other branches of government? This is one of my favorite topics as both a scholar of the Supreme Court and the presidency and, and a bit of the Congress as well, is that I've traced this over the last quarter century. And the good news for the court is that it has almost always been at the top. And you might say, well, that's a low bar (laughs) to meet because look at where Congress typically falls in approval ratings, sometimes in the single digits, sometimes at best in the teens. But the court has been at at an average of over 50% of approval rating. So most recently, the Supreme Court in a Gallup poll came out at 53% just after Justice Kennedy retired and the naming of Brett Kavanaugh to fill the seat. It was up to 53%. In fact, it had tracked upward over the last nine years or so. Um, And part of this is because the court has always been viewed by the American people as typically being above the muck and mire of daily politics. And do you think what happened this week will have an impact on public opinion polling? Do you think it will actually change, fundamentally change the way that people see the court? I think your key word there is fundamentally. I'm not sure that one day and one hearing can destroy uh, the history of this great institution, but it could chip away, certainly, at how people view the court. And for those Americans in the tribe, and we have to call it tribal now, who yesterday did not believe Judge Kavanaugh and believe that he, if he has confirmed that he will be a sexual assault perpetrator on the Supreme Court, they will have to lose faith in that institution, I am sorry to say. How do you think the other justices, the ones who are sitting right now on the Supreme Court, viewed this? They must be shuddering. I I can't think that they could see this in any other way. Now, having said that, Justice Thomas has stated that when he arrived at the court after his very controversial hearing, that he was told, just leave that behind. You are welcome here. We're putting it behind. We're moving on. And that is the good thing about the court. But one does have to question, for example, how will Justice Ginsburg view this person? Uh, She is known as a pioneer of feminism, a pioneer of gender equality. We should also state that she was best friends with Nino Scalia on the opposite side of the spectrum. But we also know that they respected each other and they respected each other's politics and intellect. Barbara, thank you so much for coming in and speaking with me today. It is my honor to speak with you on this very important subject. Professor Barbara Perry is Presidential Studies Director at University of Virginia's Miller Center.
Thanks for listening to Politics Brief. If you want more, go to wnyc.org slash election.